Kelvin. You, <clears throat> you ready? You. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm all yours. Oh. Glad to hear it. Hear me okay, yeah? Yeah. Clem Fandango. Yeah. yeah. Good. <clears throat> okay. Right. I've got my coffee. Okay. I've urinated. Yeah. So I feel I feel ready. That's good. I'm just going to assume the position, get into <clears throat> into spodcast position. Mm. Oh, are you are you like me? Are you are you, are you feeling a lot uh, like blocked up at the moment? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of phlegm. Mm. I wonder if there's like something else going around as well. Possibly, yeah, possibly. I'm quite phlegmish. I've had a bit of a dodgy throat today as well. Like mm. it's just still a bit dry and. <clears throat> yeah, just congested basically. So, apologies to anyone listening if we are clearing our throats and snorting like truffle pigs. Nothing personal. It might be personal. <laughs> it's very personal. It could be. This time it's personal. <laughs> to quote a movie tagline, probably. Yeah. It's probably Schwarzenegger movie, isn't it? This time it's personal. Well, yeah, you were talking about. Schwarzenegger film, weren't you? That I'd not. Heard we of, just so. like we had a bit of a, a sort of um, a pre-spot collection of thoughts, hadn't, hadn't we? Because mm. we haven't spoken, sort of. We just got getting back into the zone, really, aren't we? But in, introduce what what episode are we on? Is this is this four of the of the lockdown podcast? I or think five? it is. Yeah, yeah, four. I think four or five. Yeah, we're losing track. Are we losing track? Are we really? Yeah, I don't even know what day it is. Losing the will to live and the track. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. But we anyway. Welcome one and all. Um, or probably more just the one. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, whoever's listening, hello. Yeah. Hope everyone's uh, safe out there in Spodland. Shout out to um, we know we've got one listener, don't we? Do um, we? Well, you. That's not, not us. <laughs> yeah. Oh Probably yeah, not. Andy Lunn. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Andy Lunn out there. Andy Lunn, our friend Andy Lunn, who also has indulged in the, in podcasting in the, in the past. Yeah. I'm trying to get him on sometime, actually. Well, I, don't yeah, know how, I was wondering how, how, if we could do it like a three-way. That's not, uh, a, that's not a sexual. Well, it can be a sexual thing, oh, I think. No, let's just put some terrible pictures in my head of me, you, and... No, I don't want to well, think It's just reminded me also, someone posted something on Facebook today. It was like... um. It was allegedly, I, you know, who knows with all this fake news that's going around, but it was allegedly a McDonald's sign. It said, um, you can you can now order th- three ways <laughs> online. You can now order three ways online, it said. <laughs> <laughs> and someone put like, oh, that's an, that's an interesting new uh, avenue they're ploughing. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, well, desperate, well, desperate measures for desperate times. As soon as they open, I'll be... That's, I know yeah, that's you can order online apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can now order three ways online. You can do everything online now. I think that was always the case, though, wasn't it? Probably. What three ways? What ordering three ways? Websites to uh, go to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not McDonald's. I mean. No. I mean they're you know they're very um you know they're very aggressive. Accompl- aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> aggressive three ways. <laughs> <laughs> they're very aggressive no, you well, I was trying to say that McDonald's are well in recent years they've tried to be progressive in their food oh right okay yeah, you know, an aggressive marketing campaign <laughs> you can get a salad now can't you oh yeah yeah and vegetarian options yeah which oh, are really? awful by the way I think. are they don't you oh the veggie burgers are yeah yeah, yeah but aren't, weren't they doing a, weren't they supposed to be doing like a, one of those beyond meat ones or something I, th- I think that was Burger King, wasn't it? Oh, was that Burger King? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's got over it yet. I think it was somewhere in Sweden they were doing the Beyond Meat ones. <clears throat> yeah. Um, like KFC are doing, they're doing a veg, uh, like a, a Oh, they really? Thing, that right? seems ridiculous considering yeah, the I mean, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Well, yeah, exactly. And also, can you, re- if you are a proper, like, you know, signed up like vegan, can you be really 100% sure that none of that's, vegan material has touched a, well, a meat product. Would you want to go into a Kentucky Fried Chicken where loads of people are eating well, chicken? It's against your principles, isn't it? Yeah. Because they're chicken murderers. I guess if it's the last resort and it's like, it's that all like starvation, I guess, mm. you know, you're, you you have to, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're a very, a 
McDonald's are accommodating, but they're not. But as far as I know, as far as we know, they're not accommodating three ways yet. No. <laughs> that we know of. No. But, but you know, yeah, but yeah, like back, back to. Um, so maybe they... You know, it's like I say, yeah, it's a it's crazy time. So you know, anything's possible, I suppose. <clears throat> yeah, anyway. But we were saying, yeah, we will try and get Andy on sometime. I don't. Um, Can you do like? There must I be don't... like some. There's got to be an app, isn't there, or something? Mm. Or like, or like, if you go via. I mean, I think we were having problems with dropout and um, and sort of syncing problems, weren't we, last time when we were on? Yes, you can on there. Can you, you, can invite, oh, yeah. you can invite people on there. Yeah, like a group chat thing, but yeah. it might be delays. Mm. A bit like it's funny because we're gonna we're gonna talk about um, Alex Garland's new TV show that's just mm. uh, opened in the UK on BBC, um, and watching it, it reminded me of one of our podcasts where, and because of the time differential or something that was going on weird with the broadband connection, it sounded like I was um, answering questions before you asked them. That's right. Yeah. And is it, there was elements of that in devs. I thought, oh wow, that's kind of like our conversation. Like, how weird would that be if, you know, that, you know, you, how can I put it, in a sort of existential um, way, metaphysical way, it is possible actually to have a conversation where the, where one participant answers questions before they're asked mm. because of the whole weird time differential that exists in the in the. Uh, I suppose in the internet space or whatever. In the, mm. how weird is that, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. when you play it back, sort of thing, it sounds like that. But even so, well, some people might say that it would sound like that anyway. I don't know. That that we do answer it's, each other's questions before yeah, we ask them. A stream of conscious consciousness or yeah, it's that whole thing. Like cyber, it's that sort of uh, cyberpunk novels have probably mined that idea. Mm. Yeah. novels that i haven't read yeah so who's the, who's the big who's the big um who was the big like um of like, 80s cyberpunk kind Gib of something gibson was it was it was it yeah it was gibson wasn't yeah. it yeah yeah he sort of created cyberpunk, cyberpunk. he did to him it wasn't, didn't he do, a, wasn't one of these books like made into a really bad film? With, yes, um, with uh, Keanu Reeves, wasn't it? It's Johnny Mnemonic, That's not, it. which yeah, I yeah. Johnny Moronic. Yeah. It's terrible, but that was one of his, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and then never heard of again. I think I he's still know. writing. I think he's still producing stuff. But I think the cyberpunk bubbles kind of burst a little bit, but it would, but watching. Well, devs for one, but also I, I was saying to you that I kind of watched um, Ghost in the Shell, the the um, live action. Uh, I use live action loosely because there's so much CGI and it. it's practically an animated film, but mm. it's got an animated nude uh, mm. Scarlett Johansson in it. Mm. I think there were pains to point out at the time it she she never went fully nude, which upset a lot of uh, prepubescent. Uh, teenage boys wow. who were hoping they get to see a new, but really it was like a it was a CGI body cast, if you like. That she probably had those little, those little bobbles all over, motion capture bobbles all over her. Yeah, yeah. I met her once. Did you? That's, well, I met. Oh, was that, how oh, how did that happen? It was in uh, Los Angeles. I didn't actually meet her. That oh, was, I uh, do remember. I remember you. Faster, <clears throat> sort of. No, um, we were in we were in Los Angeles on holiday. Yeah. Um, well, we were travelling around the world. This is about, God, like, I don't know, twenty years ago, was it? Yeah, twenty years ago. Yeah, about two thousand, I think. And um, we were walking along Sunset Strip where all the movie theatres are and like where they have premieres and stuff and they were having a premiere and so was we was this was this when she just done ghost world or do you remember yes it was ghost world yeah ghost world. and um you know she wasn't famous then really she, that was her big film as far as i'm aware anyway i did i know. think i think that's one of the very first things i've seen her in Although, was she in a film called The Virgin Suicides? Have you ever seen that? No, don't think so. 
I think that might have been the first thing I ever okay. saw in the Virgin Suicide. But anyway, carry on, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, we were just walking along the road and we were just curious and sort of stood there for a little bit. And then she came up to where we, we were standing with like a load of fanboys, like really geeky people. And... Because um, it's based on a comic, isn't it, Ghost World? Yeah. And she came sort of and stood right in front of us and like all these fanboys were getting autographs from her and we were like who is that and they were, <clears throat> they were like quite upset that we didn't know who she was and you know then they sort of went into a long conversation about telling us who she was and all about the film and everything um, but we had no idea and it wasn't until a lot later that um realized who it was so yeah well, i didn't actually meet you know i i exaggerate but didn't like good, doesn't it? I met her in the party no there was no no but she was very small very, sorry Mel. very very small very issue yeah petite i imagine these days you you probably wouldn't better get close enough to actually have like a security guards yeah. like a wall, a wall of brick shithouse kind of bodyguards protecting her from yeah. rabid geeks probably yeah because yeah we were quite underwhelmed at the time william gibson sorry that's the cyberpunk yes novelist yeah yeah anyway that's my little intro. have you seen did you ever see ghost world no it's a good film oh right no, talking of where are they who, now because who was the other girl in it she was, thing, she, where was more, she, now? she was more she was that's it. Yeah, she was more famous. I knew yeah, who she, she was. Yeah, she was because she American Beauty, hadn't she? I think. Yeah, I knew who she was. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's it. That's weird, isn't it? Like how how the tables turn, isn't it? Really, like who mm. who the who the hell said of Laura Birch? Um, you know, no, you know, not casting any aspersions on her because she was she seemed to be a very accomplished actress. But mm. um, yeah, how you know, Scarlett Hansen was a nobody, and then now is like. Well, by all accounts, one of the, if not the highest paid mm. female actress, yeah. you know, in the world. And then Thora Burt sort of fade into obscurity. Mm. She was in a film called The Hole. Have you ever seen that? With, yes, um, I have. Who else? Who was in that? Kira Knightley, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I think that was one of her very first films that Kira Knightley was, that was a in. British, like, was that a British? Yeah. Yeah. Who else was... Um, oh, what's his name? Ian, oh. not Ian. No, no. Oh, the male lead. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, it's not very good, is it? Is it no, it was. No. Uh, it was. Uh, I'm trying to. I can't actually really remember. It was a horror film, wasn't it? But yeah. Set in like a university campus or something. Mm. And they were all sort of being picked off one by one. I seem to remember, but I can't really remember a lot more about it than that but i just remember it being really odd that thor birch was in it mm. in a sort of brit flick mm. she sort of popped up i think she popped up as the american like exchange student didn't she yeah. or something but yes um yeah thor birch well, where are you mm. what, what happened i mean she was very good in american beauty she was yeah that was a very good and she's good in ghost world but that you that um in fact uh scarlett johansson and her were both really good in that it's a bit of a two-hander really and i think who else is in it i think steve buscemi in it yeah because i think yeah i'm sure steve buscemi's in it because um he has a very unlikely relationship with scarlett johansson in it Oh, right. Obviously, he's a lot older than her. And, um, yeah, she must have been pretty... Yeah, because that's about 20 years ago, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know how old she is. That's a bit of a thing for older men in, in Ghost World. So she, she starts oh, dating... Right. She starts dating Steve Buscemi because he's got an interesting vinyl collection. <laughs> that's how fantastical that is. <laughs> no woman is ever interested in your vinyl collection. <laughs> Utter science fiction, that is. <laughs> If you say to a woman, come look at my vinyl collection, yeah. they generally run the fucking mile. <laughs> Only in Hollywood. Look at my picture discs. My 12 inch. <laughs> I couldn't let that one slide, I'm afraid. Sorry, apologies for that one. Um, but yes, um, yes, Guy Hansen. So flash forward to whenever uh, Ghost in the Shell was made. 
Mm. Um, 2015, I think it was. But anyway, so we were gonna we were gonna kick off with devs because it is kind of there is a sort of semi-common thread with what we're going to discuss kind of, but it might start off like a common thread and it might obviously like it normally does goes off into mm. a wild tangent. But um, yeah, I'm this, I, I don't know what this has been like, if it's been publicised much in other, in you know, other parts of the world. And it's come at a bit of an unfortunate time with all the coronavirus and stuff. But um, um, by all accounts, I think it hit the States first on Hulu. Mm. Hulu, who knew? Is that a thing over here? Do you get Hulu mm, over I here? don't. I think you can. I don't know. I think maybe their stuff plays on the Amazon Fire Stick. I think I might. Right. I think I might be right in that. I think who some Hulu stuff. My friend Stu's got a, a Fire Stick and he watches Hulu stuff. I think on that. Right. So they must have a deal with Amazon over here. But it is, it's all about yeah. territories and stuff, isn't it? Like yeah. predominantly but, America, isn't it? I think. Hulu. Yeah, I think predominantly Hulu is an American. It's like another streaming site, isn't it? I believe like. Um, you know, Amazon and Netflix and mm. there's, there's loads of them, isn't there? There's like um, Apple Plus and all the, yeah. all the rest of them. <clears throat> I, I think there's one called Shudder. There's a horror one called Shudder that yeah. you can stream. That's on Amazon, isn't it? You can. That, oh, there you go. Then. Yeah. They must have some deal over here then to to screen, you know, the streaming stuff mm. like that that comes from the States. A bit like, I guess, because you can stream, can't you watch... Um, like Game of Thrones and and Westworld, can't you watch that via? I think that's Sky over here, isn't it? But can't you watch that with a Fire Stick as well? Um, is that on Now TV? Now TV, yes, yeah. yes. Sorry, that's a Sky thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so there you, you go. Can, HBO stuff you can watch with the Now TV. You that's can right. Pay, you know, for a month or whatever. That's you right. It's all very confusing. Isn't it? You need all yeah. the dongles and apps and yeah, yeah. and wobbles to watch all these. <laughs> all these things it is i find it quite overwhelming really yeah just want it but, all in one place yeah yes just sort of want it all in in yeah exactly in one in, on one app or one streaming service but i, I guess that will never happen really no. because everyone's they're all vying for business aren't they right but yeah so devs um which i as far as i can tell didn't get a lot of publicity in america uh discussing it with like american facebook comes of mine um, but over here, it's been screened on, even though it was an FX stroke Hulu show, I think, it's mm. been screened on the BBC over here. Yeah, I've, you've, yeah. you've watched the whole thing. I've, I've um, only managed one and a bit because the iPlayer was messing yeah, around. Yeah, you said much of that, wasn't it? Um, well, I wasn't intending to binge it. I thought, well, at first I thought it was going to be on every week anyway, a bit like um, Killing Eve Series 3 is going to be every Monday. Um, I think that's already screened in the in the US as well. Um, uh, that plays in BBC America in in, in America, mm. strangely, um, as it's called BBC America. But, um, but over here we've had to wait till it's finished its US run, and and they're only playing it one episode every week, oh, right. whereas right. devs the whole series drops mm. after episodes. Is, is Killing Eve? Uh, it's not a UK production then. I think it's a co-production. Yeah, I think it's. But, because it's, it's kind of, I, I don't know how, how all the intricacies of it work, but I know BBC America, they've got their own sort of production arm because if you ever remember, there's a series that I always raved about and I think a few people watched it, but I, I was always really pushing it to people who I, you know, who I say, oh, you've got to watch this series, it's really interesting. And that was a series called Orphan Black. And I don't know if you remember that. I remember you talking about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was, that was, a, that was a BBC <clears throat> America production. But I think some of it, some of the cash must have come from BBC World because they've got like a global sort of production arm as well, I believe. Right. Um, but, uh, but the BBC America stuff is quite different than, you know, like the stuff that's produced over here. Or, well, maybe the thriller, the thriller stuff is similar to what the native BBC stuff, hmm. the native BBC productions might produce. But um, stuff like Orphan Black was a bit more left field. I, I, yeah, I couldn't really imagine that screening on the Beeb over here. Hmm. Maybe that's what I thought. It's a bit more of a risky position. So they test it in America first, right. where there's more of an appetite for that sort of stuff. Yeah, because nice. that was a bit that was a bit cyberpunky kind of. That had a bit of a flavour, cyberpunk flavour to it. All from black. Hmm. 
but that's, they figure that sort of thing might go down better in America, like you know. Yeah, I think it was a cult. It was culty over here. Oh, yeah. So I think it's pretty much cult everywhere. But it got a lot of um, good um, coverage for the actress. I can't think of her name now, but <clears> um, she played multiple roles. Um, well, a bit like the girl in Killing Eve, really. I suppose the similarity there because the main actress, she puts on various different accents and right. she plays different sort of. You know, she's disguised as different people. Mm. She's like a hit woman, isn't she? So she has to pretend to be different. Again, I have to. I have stuff. to admit, I've. I've uh killing eve has passed me by off yes it's um, good it's worth watching i mean i mean yeah it's up to series three at the moment um series i think we talked about this in the last podcast so i won't go on about it again but i thought uh, series two was weaker but um the opener of series three was pretty good actually and series one was really good so that's hmm. yeah yeah you know, that's definitely worth watching yeah but that's a yeah that's a bbc america production it's got a lot of brits a lot of brit actors in it though hmm. Cause it's because it's you know half it's set over here as well and okay and it, it's it's sort of it spans the world it's a bit of a james bond as in it's you know it's um it's it's worldwide <clears throat> they all go to different exotic locations and all these and it isn't the were you uh, sorry you were you were saying that um there's a link with the actress in that and scarlett hansen leading it back oh yes yeah because i believe they're going to be in in black widow together yeah, but let me because that, that's we did mention that last time, didn't we? Like on the, on the spot. I'm just gonna. I need to check that. I need to fact check that because I don't sure. don't want us to be accused of, of sending out no fake news. Fake news. No. So let's have a look. Um, while we're while we're thinking, <clears throat> um, I, but I think that that film. I think Black Widow's gonna be. What's I read today about delays in films? Oh, um. Just before the lockdown, there was that Ned Kelly film that was going to come out. All right, yeah. And they were talking about that today because basically they stopped it. They just basically thought there's no point promoting it because no one's going to be able to watch it. So mm. all the promotion side of it was all kind of, you know, shut up shop and everything. But they're going to, they're going to, when hopefully when this is all finished, um, they're going to resume publicity and then give it a give it a better chance of okay. being seen. I guess mm. was the idea. I guess there's going to be a lot of uh, productions in the same situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. We still don't know in the UK sort of what the situation is going to be, you know, when things are going to start opening up. Yeah. There, there was reports, wasn't there? I don't know if you, um, saw in the news today uh, there was a report in uh, the sunday times that um uh, things were possibly going to start opening up again on the 11th of may but um michael gove has um squashed that that hope now he said that oh yes yeah i saw that yeah cinemas and public places are going to be the last to open aren't they mm like pubs and stuff i guess i've just got to make a disclaimer there i i I've, i have been guilty of spreading fake news sorry right. um whoever's in killing eve is not in it it's florence Pugh, who i knew was in it ah. but it but it's rachel rachel vice florence Pugh. um oh ray winston as well apparently oh right oh blimey well wow. go on there you go. yeah is that so, already so, been filmed or that's just I'm pretty sure that year because I think that was gonna be originally that was supposed to be out in I think May right so yeah that's I think that that's now been set for like a November release I believe mm. Mm. Um, I mean they spent a lot of buck on that I don't want to miss that so no. you don't want to miss that that being released and no one going to see it today so it's gonna be a real when it does finally open it's gonna be a real lot of stuff isn't there or yeah, they're gonna or do it for a little while or, or, yeah, or they'll have to stagger it because they'll be playing catch-up won't they well i suppose they i mean i suppose productions are there's going to be a lot of delay to stuff that like either have just started shooting or was midway through shooting mm. and those things still need to be you know finished shooting and post-production don't they so yeah. they yeah. might stagger stuff to you know, fill in the gaps until these other productions are ready to be released, I guess. Mm. So, 
because nothing's being done at the moment, is it, in the no, film industry? No. So the only thing they've got to draw from is the slate of films that were finished before lockdown. Mm. So um, yeah, they might just stagger them more. Mm. Yeah. The wait, like you say, wait and see. But no, sorry. So she's so she's not in it. I do apologise. It's, okay. it's, it's Florence Pugh, Rachel Vice. So as far as I know, the, the girl from. As far as I know, um, the, yeah, the girl in Killing Eve hasn't worked with. She's got Scarlet no. Thing. There's no connection with her and Scarlett. That I know, of, unless there is. There's yeah. <laughs> normally there's some connection somewhere, isn't there? Yeah. Like someone's worked with someone. Who's worked yeah. with someone. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, back to um, back to devs. Yeah. So yeah, so um, Alex Garland, um, anyone who doesn't know who he is, um, I think he started off being, didn't he start being a novelist? Well, yeah, he wrote The Beach, didn't he? That's that's when I first became aware of him. Yeah, I think he didn't, he was, that's what he first did before screenplays, wasn't yeah. it, as far as I know? Yeah. Because um, he lived in Thailand for a long time, apparently, and that's where, that's what the, his his experience in Thailand is what right. sort of prompted the book. Yeah, I really like the book, and but when I saw the film, it didn't really compare to the. No, the book. I'm not sure I've actually <clears throat> ever seen the entirety of the film because it's Leonardo DiCaprio, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I think it that was his first big big hit, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're yes, I think you're right because he'd done. He'd done sort of indie movies before what, that. In Gil- Gilbert Grape, I think. Yeah. That, but he would, you know, that, that wasn't him as the main character. The no, I think he, yeah, I think that was probably, it might have been one of his, it could have been his first lead role, you're right. Yeah, there. yeah. I think that's where he got sort of international sort of, you know, um, notice. Yeah, no, definitely. <clears throat> but like you said, I don't, is it, is it kind of a Lord of the Flies kind of thing? They all go a bit, because I've not seen, I've not read the book, um, and I've not seen it. Do they sort of start killing each other, or is am I? Yeah, well, um, is it is it druggy hallucinations? Yeah, there's a lot of drugs, and uh, they go to an island where everything seems brilliant. And do you know? I can't really remember. I mean, it's so long ago now. Well, the film's um, got to be twenty-five years in it. Yeah, and as I didn't know we were gonna talk about it i yeah i didn't well, i, I really I tell remember, you i remember the trippy bit and i remember like the, the drugs and there's the, lots of drugs yeah yeah and there is killings i guess it's got to be a murder or a death isn't there so yeah i think i think drugs um play a big part there might be some did that pre did that pre Trainspotting, or was it after Trainspotting? i think it was after wasn't it uh yeah it was after Trainspotting. Because, because, like in the nineties, after Trainspotting, there was like a glut of like sort of colloquial, homegrown sort of druggy movies, weren't there for yeah. for a for a while there? Yeah. Kind of kickstart. Trainspotting really kickstarted a kind of a kind of genre, didn't it? Yeah. Because if I remember the cinema, I mean, in the UK, it wasn't a bit of a doldrums before before Trainspotting came along. Mm. And that yeah. kind of coincided with Britpop as well, didn't it? So there was all that kind of movement, like a bit of a melting pot of art and creativity, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Was, there was, yeah, that... there was, do you remember Twin Town? Do you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah, was that, that, was of, was... that was sort of a Welsh train spotting. That was like a Welsh train spotting, wasn't it? There was yeah. like Boston Kickout. Do you remember Boston yes, Kickout? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was. Wasn't it Danny Cannon who. Cannon. I think he produced it. I don't think he directed it. Oh, okay. But that, but that was sort of druggy culture, um, sort of acid house, yeah, rape culture type thing, wasn't it? All of, all around about it, like the clubs yeah, and set in Stevenage. Set so Stevenage. Yeah. That's it. Sort of very. That's was that a new town, Stevenage, or? Uh, yeah, I think so. Newtown, yeah. yeah, kind of post-war sort yes, of. Yeah, it was. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. It's where all the Londoners came after the war that's right yeah it's a bit of a uh cultural desert isn't it <laughs> yeah it is yeah. a bit yeah but there was a but there was a spate wasn't there for a while a good you know a good few years and then you had lock stock obviously mm. sort of guy Ritchie's movie that kind of kick-started his career didn't it talking of 
Danny Cannon. What was the yes. What was the film that he did direct? Young Americans. That's it. Yeah. Which is around was, the same time as well, wasn't it? Yeah, because that was a for a British film. It was a very American-looking film, wasn't it? It was very glossy yeah, and right. yeah, very yeah, very glossy, very kind of. Who I guess it? he borrowed a school say the, the school says handbook of filmmaking, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, who? Well, yeah, Harvey Cartel. That's it, it Harvey Cartel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he even borrowed a cast member from Scorsese. Yeah. But it was Vigo, I think Vigo Mortensen, a very early Vigo Mortensen performance in there. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, he's in it. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in it. Is Ray Winston in that? I don't think it is Ray Winston, isn't it? I've got it somewhere. It's on the shelf. Let me go and let me go and grab it. Because I remember the um, the the theme song. Was yeah, Bjork, dumb. wasn't it? Yeah, it's a really good, really good song. It's a great song. It's like. And it was quite a big hit over here. I think it got yeah, to number one or two yeah. over here. Yeah, I think it did. And um, yeah, I, I kind of remember, I, I think I remember playing, I like, probably taped the video off Top of the Pops and played it a lot because I really liked the yeah, song. Yeah, I think I actually bought the single. I, I've still <clears> got the single, yeah. It's in my, I did sell a lot of CDs and vinyl, but like, that's one of the very few CDs that I did actually keep, mm. bizarrely. Yeah. So I must have liked it. Mm. But David Arnold, you know, he obviously went on to score the Bond theme tunes, well, you know, not the theme tune itself. Um, but I think he did have a hand in some of the, you know, some of the, the um, opening songs. Mm. But he was a uh, composer for That's... much of yeah. Bond stuff, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the post, I think, I think from Brosnan onwards until fairly recently, I think. Oh, right. He doesn't, he, he, he doesn't, he, he didn't do the last... I'm not sure if he did do the Daniel. He might have done the first Daniel Craig one. He might have done Casino Royale. I can't remember now. But um, yeah, he's not done the recent Bond things. But let's have a look. So I've got the, I've got the, um, I've got the blue. Oh, no, I haven't got a Blu-ray. It's a DVD. Sorry. Um, it's yeah, Harvey Keitel, Viggo Mortensen. Oh, Thandi Newton's in it. All right. That must have been an early role for her. Yeah. Ian Glenn. Oh. Um, and uh, oh yeah, of course Keith Allen's in it as well. Who is? Sorry, Keith Allen. Oh, Keith Allen. Yeah, he's in it. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's quite. I remember that being quite. It was quite visually mm. impressive, wasn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> Didn't have much substance. No, it was a bit on the shallow side, but that obviously famously got Danny Cannon the gig, the Judge Dredd Stallone movie gig. Mm. That's what got him the gig because um, the producer saw that and said, you know, this kid's got potential. We'll, uh, and he was, by all accounts, um, a fan of the comics. So they gave him a big budget mm. movie, which was a bit of a risk. But, um, yeah, obviously history, uh, well, mm. history says it all about that film, doesn't it, really? Yeah. The, the Stallone yeah. movie. But, but yeah. I was reading up on some of the potential directors they wanted for that film and it's really interesting you think like in in an in, in again here we go we're going to talk about devs which are, there is a, a nice segue into that but in a parallel universe hint hint um what could have been because there was there was like a short list of directors that the producers wanted for, for judge dread the 1995 movie for those mm. who wonder what we're talking about based on the you know the famous british comic book character um, they had um, David Fincher was on the list. Oh right. Um, Tony Scott, who would have been a really interesting mm. choice. Um, oh, who's another sort of name that you would have, that you thought could have done something really interesting in material? I can't think of off the top of my head. But that's the, that's two of the you know the more um, credible, I guess, um, potential directors. I mean, I know Fincher was still. I think he just done Alien Three. Right. so i mean that was a very troubled production wasn't it alien 3 by all i i i love alien 3 i did i like it I mean, it gets a lot of flack from um the fanboys because and I, I i kind of understand why because it killed off newt and and hicks and but i thought that was quite a brave move really yeah. It, yeah. it's it kind of sets you up for the dark the dark ride that it's going to be yeah it is it is flawed oh no, yeah no question about that but like i was yeah i don't know well, my, about... 
flaws come from the fact that they, they were still writing the script when it was being filmed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But that talking about films that could have been totally different, that that's yeah. uh who was it who was gonna direct that and he had some crazy idea about Oh um, like Vincent wood, Ward, wasn't it? A wooden spaceship. Yeah, Vincent. I think he's Australian or New Zealand. Vincent Ward was gonna. Yeah, yeah, he had a wooden. It was a wooden planet, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah, a wooden. And I think they kept the. It was like a monastic. That's it. Yeah, monks and things. Monks. Yeah. They kept sort. Of, there's a sort of. They are sort of monastic group on the. It's a, they turned it into a prison planet in the end, didn't they? But they mm. were kind of like. They were sort of monastic, weren't they? In that they were. Yes, they were quite sort of religious, weren't they? In, in a way. They taken an oaths of celibacy That's and stuff. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that would have been even that would have been even more wilder, wouldn't it? Have a, have a wood planet. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't go for that. They didn't go for that. I think he's still got. A, he's still got. A, I think um, a co-writer credit Vincent Ward on the okay. movie, or, or um, you know, story element, story mm. by I think maybe story by Vincent Ward, but. Yeah, but by the time the screenplay got mangled in by other loads of other bold, bold, oh well, there you go. There's another six degrees of uh, separation. I think even William Gibson had a had oh, a right. hand in, in one of the scripts at one point. I think he might even get a, a, a screenplay credit in there somewhere yeah. because his script for Alien Three um, recently got a. Um, this is a this is a thing now as well. Like talking of alternate movies, um, a lot of um, well, I'm trying to think. I think it's Dark Horse Comics, and and maybe the other comic um, manufacturers, Boom. But they've taken they've taken the ideas of yeah, we're gonna we're gonna publish like the, the alternate scripts for these movies. Right. So obviously they're never going to be seen in the movie in a cinema. But you know, perhaps people want to know what they may have been like if mm. they had ever come to fruition. So I think. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure William Gibson did a write, uh, or you know, like a. He might have done an early draft for RoboCop Three. Mm. So that was that was released as a comic book. William Gibson's RoboCop Three. Um, I think more recently there was um, George Lucas's original, like early draft of Star Wars that came out as a comic book. Right. Um, so like Han Solo wasn't called Han. I think he was called Dark Star Killer or something. Right. You know, they had early draft names of mm. characters. Yeah. Luke wasn't called Luke. And I perhaps he was Luke Star Killer. I think Ham was or Ham was like a, an alien. He wasn't um a dashing ha- um Harrison Ford. Right. He was like some bug-eyed monster with big ears. <laughs> so that's a thing. And then recently William Gibson's Alien 3 was turned into a comic. Mm. Which is totally different than Vincent Ward's version because I have read this. I read this one. It's like more of a um, a Cold War kind of um, parable where you've got um, Hicks and Newt are alive, mm. and they and they're basically um, the Russians, I believe. Like they're not they're not called the Russians. They're called something like the Confederacy of I don't know Russia or the United Soviets, mm. whatever. Mm. Um, but they they want they want to get the alien for their sort of um, for their military program. Right. So you've basically got Newton Hicks and Ripley fighting evil space ruskies, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's effectively what it is. And I suppose whenever that was, you know, I suppose in the late eighties, early nineties, that was still a thing, wasn't it? The Cold, oh, the Cold War. War. So yeah. So. It still probably seemed like a good idea. Let's have yeah. space ruskies. Mm. Maybe that's what Trump's worried about with, with Space Force, isn't it? Yeah. We're going to get bloody Space Ruskies. <laughs> so we need a Space Force to, to combat that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe he's read that comic and said, hey, guys, this could happen. Well, uh, yeah, I wonder where he does get a lot of his, <laughs> his ideas from. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not from... Reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So, so yeah. Anyway, that's that's a thing. And then, and um, and obviously the the um, the lockdown has has you know also scuppered a lot of uh, you know basically all the big comic publishers, DC, Marvel, they've all had to close up oh, shop right. as well with right. the coronavirus. But you know, thumbs up to Stalwarts 2000 AD. They're still publishing. They're still mm. going. 
they're still publishing on a weekly basis. Nothing's going to stop old Tharg. Oh, that's, that's good. That's been keeping me relatively sane, really, yeah. too, maybe every week, to be honest with you. Hmm. That's a bit of a lifeline. I've been, uh, yeah, it's been keeping me going. But, um, but yes, what, what was going to come out was um, um, the, oh, God, what's his name? The guy who wrote Alien. Uh, he also wrote uh, Dark Star. Uh, oh, God. It's really annoying me now. I was only, I only watched a documentary about him the other day. It's really interesting. Oh, I can't think of his name. My God. Anyway, his early draft of um, Alien, mm. that's been turned into a comic book as well. Oh, right. So it will differ. I, I, in fact, I don't think Ripley's a woman in that. I think because she wasn't written as a man. Uh, sorry, she wasn't written as a woman, was she? In in the script, she was no. written just as. Yeah. Well, I think they assumed they were all going to be male. The mm. characters. I think it was. I think may, maybe Ridley Scott pushed for Ripley being female. Well, it's, yeah, very powerful female character. Well, can you imagine that? I mean, well, there you go. There's an alternate thing. You imagine, you know, sometimes too many cooks do um, spoil the broth, and you get. Um, but sometimes fresh ideas mm. do, uh, do create sort of gold, don't they? Because can you you imagine nowadays? I mean, basically, a, a female icon was created. Yeah, and which may at, not ever have existed at that time. Quite a risky <clears throat> thing to to do, I would have thought. Pretty groundbreaking, really. Yeah. You've got a female, effectively, who who is a female lead, mm. who's yeah carrying the film. Yeah. And, and then, of course, then into the successive sequels where really it became all about Ripley, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the aliens were almost a, 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 took a back seat to her, to her character arc. Mm. And, you know, spinning off from that, you had Sarah Connor from The Terminator. And yeah. So really it kind of did kickstart um, that, uh, you know, uh, films that were more, I guess you could say, you could argue had a feminine twist to them. Mm. But yeah, what if that never happened? What if they said, "No, okay, guys, we're going to stick with just having them an all a, all a male mm. crew"? Um, would have been a totally different dynamic, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. And a, and a different film as a result, um, mm. and probably a much weaker film. Yeah, yeah, it gives it a different perspective altogether, doesn't it? Like... Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. No, mm. I mean that was that was a bit of that was a bit of genius, really, wasn't it? Like. Whoever whoever came up with the idea, oh, actually, why don't we make one of them a woman? Mm. Well, actually, in the end, it was two. There's two women in it, but yeah. But whoever came up with that idea was was a bit of stroke of genius, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, do, do you want to get back to back to Debs? Yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry. Yes. So yeah, roundabout fashion. Um, you know, because Debs. Yeah. While we're talking about William Gibson, this I would say Debs has a bit of cyberpunk sort of mentality to it well it's well it's about technology isn't it and how it impacts on how it will it, it could impact on humanity mm. how it's how it is impacting right now really yeah but obviously this is a projected possible future you know it's science fiction so although like a lot of people have also said it's it's you know it's it's also a thriller so mm. i guess it's science fiction with a small s yeah um, if, unless, in case science fiction alienates people, I guess some people <clears> still <throat> consider it a, a sort of an inferior, the inferior. But that always makes me laugh. That because, like, you look at science fiction, Mill, science fiction films, pound for pound, they're the ones that make the big money, aren't they? Really? Yeah, and they like, are. Yeah. There's still a bit of a snobby attitude towards science fiction, as it's like a, you know, it's an inferior. It's mm. not. I, I was watching this thing about um, Ursula Le, Le Guin, the female writer science fiction writer and um even in literary like in, in literary sort of circles science fiction is kind of really sort of looked down upon as a as a second rate genre it's not like you know it's not like proper it's not like proper writing is mm, it it's not proper no. lit it's not proper literature and you know i still think it's overlooked like even in all the booker prizes and you know the awards you know, there's a big snobbery about science fiction and it, it's you know it's not a sort of credible subject matter which i think is really quite piss poor really considering how popular science fiction and you know write books and movies and well, comics they, and everything are. they relate 
<clears throat> they you know they relate to the world we live in and you know it's they're, they're full of ideas aren't they they're full of exactly it's the big you know, what if it's the big what if isn't it yeah like you say like you, i always find that i always find science fiction more like i mean i know fantasy has fantasy has its fan base and I've always been a more in the science fiction than the, than the fantasy because I always think fantasy, I know it's got magic sometimes in it and stuff, but um, that's kind of looking back and I always like stuff that kind of looks forward and projects yeah. into the future and, and, you know, posits possibilities and, you know, what could be sort of thing. I always mm. find that much more in much more fertile sort of ground for ideas and, and, um, and drama. That's mm. why I always preferred reading like Philip K. Dick to J.R.R. Tolkien, really. And sometimes they 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 get it right, don't they? You know, yeah, in a lot exactly. of these science fiction books and films, you know, you, what you might think of as fantastical, like you know, totally unbelievable, well, actually does start 70s, to come true, doesn't it? Look at the early seventies sort of dystopian science fiction movies, like Silent Green and um you know um even the omega man or whatever mm. um you know there was quite a big ecological sort of um you know they they, they were quite ecologically sort of um they were kind of preoccupied with ecological themes you know mm. that you know that the planet is being you know strangled if you like um I mean, soil and green is basically about how overpopulation and and the food resources drying up and there's not enough food to go around, mm. and you know, in a way, that kind of is a very plausible yeah. prediction. And you think that film is like, you know, I think I mean, the book it's based on, I think, was the sixties, mm. um, and you know, stuff like the Andromeda Strain and all these other sort of seventies, a lot of them were seventies where they were just they were actually looking at possible futures and like you said a lot of them you know have kind of come true haven't they yeah and at the time they're all sort of seen as crackpot ideas yeah, weren't they exactly. yeah they kind of sneered at weren't they laughed at oh yeah, yeah but, um, that never happened but you know pollution and climate change is yeah. a real is a real threat and a real thing mm. and these films were talking about that you know so, um, silent running for yeah instance. yeah i was going to mention that yeah yeah silent running i mean jesus mm. I mean, you know, that, that's a that's that film's forty years old, mm. way, way ahead of its time. Yeah. So sci-fi's got a lot to, you know, it's got a lot to say really about mm. about our future. Does Makes it... does devs have a lot to say? About yeah, I'd say I'd say future. it does. How I, I guess how what it to me. Well, let me try to try to distill it into like because it's such a it's such a sort of consciousness expanding. I was trying to think about it, like, because I knew we were going to talk about it in the spot. I was trying to sort of distill it into, like, uh, in, in, in as simplest terms as possible. Mm. Um, I think, you know, what I, what I like about Alex Garland as a writer, I think he does, I think we've discussed this before, but he is a bit of a magpie. He does, he does borrow stuff from other films that he's seen or... I mean, he, he by his own admission, he's. I mean, I watched them um, um, in because he wrote and by all accounts directed the 2012 Judge Dredd movie mm. that starred Urban, and he pretty much, you know, in that he says that all his ideas he can base he can trace back all his ideas almost from reading 2000 AD the comic when he was like, um, you know, a nipper like a young right. lad. He used to read it as a kid, and all those kind of this this topic. Mm. ideas of sort of through osmosis have filtered into his brain mm. so you know he's, he said pretty much everything he's ever done has been inspired by um that comic right and i suppose and i suppose in devs um yeah i can imagine that being a like a story in one of the 2008 comics mm. to be honest with you but, you know more, more adult perhaps um version mm. but yeah I, I guess it's about for me well i'm just trying to think what it reminded me of it remind, reminded me a little bit of um Christopher Nolan's Inception. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Sort of like you know, and and, and there's bits of Philip K. Dick in there as well with what's reality and mm. and you know if you've created a fantasy or um, a simulation in the case of Debs that is so real, mm. it could be as real as reality. Yeah. And you create. 
who is indistinguishable from reality, basically. So if you've got something that is indistinguishable from reality, then in a sense, it is reality. Yeah. I think that's the big question that it, it's kind of, you know, so it, asking. It sounds pretty mind-bending. It is mind-bending. And I, I, I do like quite having my, my mind bent, to be honest with you. <laughs> I like stuff like that. It gives me a little bit of a, like a slight migraine. Yeah. And, you know, I find his, his stuff's really good at Alex Garland. and it, I mean, it, Ex Machina, that, I don't know if you've seen that, but... Yes, I have, yeah. And, and, yeah. and Annihilation is another yeah. one. There's probably, yeah, there's probably elements of Annihilation in this as well, actually. It does probably quite mirror, um, in many ways, Annihilation mm. in that, you know, what, what do you... Can you trust your memories? Can you mm. trust your, 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 you know, your, your optical receivers, your eyes? Is what you see, you know, flawed? You know, because it's like, you know, it's what you see is being processed by your brain. It goes through your eyes into your brain. But, you know, there, there could be a point there where, you know, there's a disconnect. And but can you trust what you see? And well, can you trust, you know? on, a, on a very simplistic level, like uh, two people can, you know, experience the same thing, can't they? But they see it very differently. Well, so, I, I, I don't is... know. That's totally true, and I don't know who said this, and I'm sure I've, I've I'm sure I've heard someone quoted as saying this. Um, probably a science fiction writer again. It might even have been Philip K. Dick. But, but basically, there is no one. There is reality. Is there is no one reality? No, it's quite Everyone's, individual. Like you just said, then yeah, exactly. There's like for as many people there is on the planet, however many billions that is, mm. that's how many realities there are. Yeah. We can have common experiences and oh yes, exactly things, but we're, we're your perception of that experience could differ from someone else's perception right. of it. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, that factually, that you know, the events are the same, but the perception of it is different. And that's to do with like the way we've been brought up. You know, our experiences prior yeah. to that, which I, th- you know, I think in the in the first episode of Devs, which yes. I did see, they sort of exactly. touch on touch on that a bit. You know, definitely, definitely explored in devs definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. your experience your upbringing you know where you were born yeah how you, that that does alter your perception yeah and yeah that's a really interesting sort of mm. question to ask isn't it really yeah it's quite deep my head's starting to to hurt got a slight throb in my in my now. temple <laughs> my temple lobe is throbbing um but yeah i mean it takes that idea and runs it obviously expands on it and <clears> and there's you know there's elements of it, you know, it's a discussion on artificial intelligence and, and virtual reality. And um, I wanted to give too much away for you, really, because you haven't seen the rest. Mm. But uh, they basically create a simulation that is so real that it is effectively reality. Right. But within, within that, they can basically go back in time. Right. And they can also go forward in time, but they can only go to a fixed point. Okay. Um, that, that's not discussed yet. That's not explored in what you've seen. Mm. I think that's done episode three or four, where it's like, They've got this ability to project into the future, but something is stopping them going. They can go back like, you know, billions of years. They can see the dinosaurs. They can see Jesus Christ and the cross and all the rest of it. Right. But they can't. There's a point in time where something happens, um, you know, whether it's a, a, a natural disaster or, you know, whatever, a, 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 whatever. But there's a point where they cannot see any further into the future. And there's, there's like some epoch event. Mm. And that's basically what the rest of the film leads up to. That 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 event, right? Which I'm not going to spoil for you because mm. that would be really cruel. Mm. And also, anyone who hasn't seen it out there, but it's um, yeah, it's quite a mind blower, and it's um, yeah, it's just it's quite brilliant. But it's not just about you know technology and science and you know, I mean, there's a very human story about like you were saying about how people interact and you know how flawed people are mm. in relationships you know um professional and personal mm. you know we're, we're we're very flawed we're we're, we're corrupted data basically if you want to put it into a yeah. computer yeah. analogy <laughs> but um yeah, yeah def- right. definitely worth a watch and oh. brilliant brilliant use of music and and it i mean it looks visually it looks you know it looks gorgeous mm. so no it does look very good very high quality isn't it yeah 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 basically that's 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 fundamentally it really it's it's a high quality production yeah 
And I think with his stuff, he's getting a bit of a reputation now where, you, you know, the expectations for Alex Garland's stuff is that how's he going to top what he's done, you know? Mm. Because, um, you know, he, he's very much an ideas an ideas guy. And, um, you know, how can he, how can he, mm. he seems to be on a really upward, you know, some mm. sort of thing. Mm. Well, so I'll be interested to see what he does next, basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm still gutted he never got a chance to do another Dread film, but by all accounts, you know, um, it was all based on the box office and not enough buggers out there, I'm pointing at you, went to see it. So that's why we'll never get a sequel to that. We might get no. a TV series, but we won't, we won't get a No, you movie. never think you'll get another, another one. I don't know, because two, you know, I mean, I, mean I, I think even the TV series is going to be a hard sell because... They've had two bites of the cherry. Um, both films underperformed, mm. and it is and it is all about the numbers, isn't it? Really? Yeah. It is, unfortunately, it's a business. When you're talking science fiction movies, which are notoriously expensive and you know require a lot of cash, mm. um, yeah. If you've, if you've had two failures, I mean, I mean financially. I mean, I think you know, Dread, the 2012 movie, artistically is is. Uh, you know, a complete and utter success, but financially mm. it wasn't. It didn't make the money that the bean counters mm. um, wanted. So it's all about that, isn't it? So, I mean, maybe another, if the TV show doesn't happen, I mean, I still think as a core concept, it's very strong. Again, if anyone has never read Judge Dredd, if you, I mean, it's, it's a, it was created in the 70s and very much um, a product of that dystopian science fiction uh you know kind of movement that was going on back then and it's you know it's post-apocalyptic it's got a, it, it did a lot of things that were written in that comic have come true you know like some of the crazy jobs that people do and people being replaced by robots you know i mean because in the in the mid 70s that probably would have seemed like quite a preposterous idea but you know it's kind of coming true isn't it yeah um, there's like there's like um and just like people being obsessed with their appearance and um you know selfies and all that kind of thing um mm. i mean i think there's even even early episodes uh, early storylines in the comic i think it explored kind of sort of obsessed we were becoming as a culture and i mean i, I remember plainly there's there's like there's a lot of unemployment in in the world of judge dreddy mm. basically people have not read it judge dread is a, a basically a cop in the future who polices um a post-apocalyptic america called mega city one which is the only remaining part of america it's like a strip from i think it runs from the like a small strip that runs from like the the north to the south there's only like a little strip left because everything mm. else has been irradiated by a big nuclear war between america and, and russia mm, let's hope that doesn't come true eh? Mm but um, and so yeah, in, in everything's raided apart of this little strip, which is all contained in a wall. In a wall. <laughs> Who got that idea? Do you think Trump's been reading 2018? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh no, I mean yeah. Well, in yeah, in Judge Dredd, there's a wall and it separates the uh, the first. Is, is it a beautiful wall? Uh, I beautiful. think it's a heavily armed wall. Right, that's that. <laughs> but it keeps would... out the muties. You know, it keeps out the mutants who are all scavenging uh, in Mega City One. So mutants, yeah. Mexicans, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he Trump thought it's yes, a great idea. You know, build a wall. It worked for Judge Dredd, so yeah. why not? Um, but you know, there's there's weird jobs that people do. Like um, there's people employed to be human furniture. <laughs> At least because there's so much unemployment, basically they'll do anything. So they will basically you pay them some. You know, the rich people because and again, there's like a big class divide, which is also obviously quite pertinent. Mm. So the, the very rich high echelons of society, they they have got disposable income, so yeah, they hire poor people to be, you know, basically like buffets that you can put your feet on and, you know, and, and, and they're employed as shock dummies, you know, like that's the job. So some of the crazy jobs you can imagine that may one day come mm. to fruition. But anyway, um, yeah, so I think we, I, I, I don't know if the, t the TV series may come off. If not, I think, like, like I said, the core idea is strong. So... Mm. There's no reason why in another 20 years they might have another go at it. I mean, who knows? Um, 
I, I'm still. I, I think the sort of promotion of the previous of the last film, Lick Down, because I, by all accounts, no one really knew it was coming out. I don't think the film studio um, put much money. Right. Maybe they didn't have out. much confidence in it. I don't. I don't think they had any confidence. No, because because people who saw, you know, majority the people who've seen it love it. You know, it's, mm. it's you know it's 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 of that. You know, it's very much of that seventies gritty you know, sci-fi genre, you know, it's, mm. it's like Dirty Harry in the future, really. Mm. And, um, and I think that's, you know, that's, that's quite a, that's quite an attractive proposition. Um, perhaps, perhaps more for people of our age group who grew up on, you know, mm. sort of realistic, you know, um, movies, you know, the yeah. Peckinpahs and the, you know, he's, this kind of uh, contemporaries as well. Mm. Um, your Don Siegel's and your, you know, your spaghetti westerns, your Sergio Leone. There's a bit of a spaghetti western sort of nod to dread as well. Yeah. Um. So you know, any and Snake Plissken, you know, Escape from New York, early John Carpenter stuff. Mm. I mean, I think you can watch Escape from New York and RoboCop, which obviously blatantly nicked ideas from the Judge Dredd comic. Mm. That's that's no, there's you know, that's that's no secret about that. But I think you could put you could put uh, yeah 1981's Escape from New York next to 1986 I believe Robocop and 2012's Dread, mm. and you've got a sort of trilogy there really. Yeah, maybe um, maybe America as a whole saw it and thought it's quite yeah, critical. We've, we've seen it. We've seen this. This is yeah, possibly like, yeah. This not, was not know the, the context of. Yeah. I think you're yeah. totally right there. I think you're totally right. A lot of people thought, oh, this just looks like Robocop. Mm. And I'm not knowing that actually, you know, a yeah. lot was stolen from Dreads mm. into Robocop. <laughs> yeah. So, so just yeah. Un- un- unlucky for it. But, yeah, I think yeah, it's always had it. That's what I mean. I think it's always been a bit unlucky. As, as a comic property, you know, it, it was, I mean, ever since the comic came out in the 70s, I believe they were trying to make it into a movie. Mm. And, um, I mean, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was attached at one point. Right. And um, when we're going, you know, we're going back into the 80s now. And, yeah, I, I think it's just always been unlucky. Like, you had Robocop beat it to release. And so they couldn't go down the satire route because, you know, Judge Dredd's got a lot of satire, the comic, in it. And basically, Robocop, you know, it had a lot... It took all that satire and used it for its own movie. So you couldn't really produce another futuristic... Um, cop movie with satire and and not have it being compared to Robocop, Robocop could you really? No. Um, so for the 95 film with Stallone, they had to take all that out because otherwise, yeah, people would just say, well, it's just like Robocop. Well, mm. I want to see, I've seen Robocop, I don't need to see the same film again. Yeah, yeah. So they had to take all the satire out, unfortunately, mm. um, which is, you know, inherent in the comic. And so then it kind of ceased to be a Judge Dredd movie, really. Yeah. In the 2012, they added a little bit more satire, and but even so, it was very subtly done. Not the mm. sort of really over the top satire that's in the in the comic book. Um, but I do think they nailed the um, the characterisation of Dread, which is always that was always something I wanted to see in the cinema. I mean, I, I mean, I think we might have talked about this on our because we did a um, we did a commentary, didn't we, to the film? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, to me. You know, growing up in the 70s and reading the comic, it was like that was my. I loved Star Wars as a kid. Who didn't? Who, you know, what child from the 70s didn't go to see Star Wars and love it? But I think um, even more than that, I would have, I, as, a, as a kid in the UK, a snotty little punky urchin who, who grew up on comics and, and wham bars and, um, and, and too many E numbers in our, in our um, soft drinks. Mm-mm. I always wanted to see a Judge Dredd movie. I thought that is like, that would be my dream to see that on screen. And then the 95 and was a major disappointment. Mm. And so when I knew that, when I heard there was going to be a new film, I mean, I was excited about the thought of a new Dredd film as I was about the fact that I was probably as excited that they were, you know, as I was in 1998 when I heard they were going to do another Star Wars trilogy. Unfortunately, that didn't quite work out Mm. either, how I hoped. But, but yeah, so sitting in the cinema in 2012 waiting for that film to unfurl i was really frightened it was going to be a major disappointment and and for me it 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 uh, it, it flicked all my switches basically mm. 
Yeah, it was a bit low budget. Yeah, it didn't have, you know, Mega City one looked a little bit on the low budget side, but you know, it wasn't a massive, it wasn't a big Hollywood blockbuster. You know, it didn't have a big studio behind it, so no. I knew I knew it was never going to be like a Marvel movie. You know, with lots of bombastic effects in it. Mm. Um, but for me, it got the character right, and and like I say, um, for me, it has a lot in common with Escape from New York, which is a big favourite of mine. Mm. So I was quite happy to see that kind of that kind of genre of filmmaking still being made in 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 the world of um, Marvel movies, which are all glossy and you know special effects heavy. Um, but unfortunately, Dread came out. The... Hello. 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 